Over the Wall Podcast. Back and at it. College football this weekend. LSU Alabama, big matchup. We're going to cover that. We're going to cover LSU's win over Auburn a couple weeks ago because we took a little hiatus. Um, we're going to do the CFP rankings and we're going to hit on some big topics. Let's go. So, a couple weeks back, LSU beats Auburn 23 20 at home. Top 10 showdown. Um, this game right here is. is what I've talked about for a long time. It's just handle business. I'm at the point where I don't care about style points. And really, since the BCS is gone now and LSU plays in a Power 5 conference like the SEC, which is the best conference in college football, I don't believe in style points. I think you just win your games and you're going to be just fine. It doesn't necessarily matter. But what happens is, and this, this, is, this is what happens to all of us, is we become very spoiled as a fan base. And we've seen LSU put up crazy numbers and, and, and crush teams and so that we we come to expect that every Saturday and so LSU really dominated the game I and mean, if you look at the box score LSU outgained Auburn like 500 to 50 basically um, I'm kind of like roughly estimating but they really dominated the game um, defense played great now offense had some red zone issues which we'll get into um, that become kind of troublesome the past couple weeks against Mississippi State as well but um, this is what happens to a fan base when, when you become very, very spoiled and, and your expectations are just such sky high. And, and we talk about that all the time, expectations. That's what it's all about. I thought LSU did just fine. And I thought the way the game played out where Auburn's quarterback, Bo Nix, was just, he was terrible. He was god-awful. And the reality as a coaching staff for LSU, I'm just putting myself in their shoes, is that they realized early on, look, he can't beat us. So we have a, a pretty good-sized lead here. Um, we're not going to force it. So you didn't see LSU late in the third, late in the fourth, take a lot of chances because realistically they, they had no shot in coming back in that game with Bo Nix at quarterback. Now, I know at the end he made a couple, you know, threw up a couple prayers and it brought them close. But in the end, you have to put your team in the best position to be successful. And people were wondering why you didn't put you know the foot in the gas and put your foot on their throat at the end of the game yeah but if you do that and you know just so happens that I know I love Joe Burrow but what happens if he throws an interception pick six um, or, or you fumble or you do something of that nature and you bring them back in the game then that's on you that's a coaching that's a coaching staff's fault don't do it and I thought they did a great job just control the ball control the clock don't do anything crazy Auburn can't beat you not in that stadium and not with that offense. So that wasn't a big issue to me as far as kind of like just holding on the ball and not putting your foot on their throat, and that's what they did. It's all about getting the win, and you beat a, a top-10 team, 23-20, to 20, and you look at the box score, and you dominated the game. You were dominating the whole time, and that's all that matters. I'm not going to just you know, become very, very spoiled to where I'm expecting LSU to go out there and beat a top-10 team by 30 points. It's just not going to happen all the time. Um, we talked about the red zone issues. That is kind of troublesome because when you look at the Mississippi State game as well, they, were, they weren't great in the red zone. And um, that's going to be big going forward, especially in this Alabama game. When the field shrinks, when you get inside the 20s, you're going to have to capitalize. You're going to have – you can't just always rely on the big 60-yard play. You're going to have to be good in the red area. Um, and I think the running game is going to be able to help them. Edwards Hilaire has really, really stepped up these past couple of weeks. I mean, he is an absolute stud. It's, it's becoming pretty clear to me. I mean, this guy's going to be NFL back. I really, really like him. He could do multiple things. He's good in pass pro. Um, he's good out of the backfield, you know, catching passes. Um, 
I like him a lot. Um, Ty Davis Price has really come on strong, so hopefully that'll help them in the red area. But once again, I trust that Joe Burrow will be able to you know get things done in the red area, especially with two two weeks to prepare. They'll be just fine. Joe Brady and company. Um, I'm not overly concerned about that, but it is something that that you should keep your eyes on going into this Alabama game. And you know, as far as the Auburn game, a couple more things I saw is. On defense, I've, I've talked about it all year, like people panic and, and they're so worried that the defense isn't living up to par. And once again, I've said it's a different game, it's a different era. When you're putting up 60 points a game, it, it's tough to just beat other SEC teams like 60 to nothing. They're going to put up points. The game is changing. It's more fast-paced. This isn't 2011 anymore. Um, but what did I say? When it's time to step up, the defense will step up. Dave Aranda and company will step up. Um, and, and when we talk about the Alabama game, which we will talk about in a little bit, um, I trust that when it's time to make a stop, they're going to be there. They have the athletes on defense, the playmakers, and you have probably the best defensive coordinator of the country in Dave Aranda. And when it's time to step up, they're going to step up. And you're seeing that, like, against Auburn. I mean, it, when it's time to step up, and I know Bo Nix, and I know the offense isn't very good, very good, but they stepped up. And they're continuing to step up in big situations, like in the Florida game. When it was time to step up, it's time to play, they stepped up. Um, so I have trust in them. Now, I don't expect him to go and throw a shutout against Alabama, but I trust that when, it, when it's, it's crunch time, they can make a stop. Um, Derek Stingley, once again, makes an amazing interception. I mean, right now, if he could come out for the 2020 draft, I truly believe he'd be a first-rounder, maybe even like a top-ten pick. He's probably the best defensive back LSU has right now. I think he's better than Fulton. He is an absolute stud. And that play he made on that interception was ridiculous. Um, so, yeah, man, I'm just very excited. Um, the defense is playing better. Offense will, will, will get a stride. They're going to get better in the red zone. Special teams didn't play great. Um, but I think with two weeks to prepare, they'll be fine going into this Alabama game, which we'll cover. So the big matchup this weekend, LSU and Alabama meeting in Tuscaloosa. I know that everybody's been ready for this game. Um, but I'm somebody I always want to temper uh, expectations and just be realistic. That's a big thing with me. I just want to be realistic. I've seen this story play out um, the past eight to nine years. And that's why I'm not like over the moon about the game. I'm not just getting just so amped up about it and, and putting my expectations sky high. Because let me let me put this to you this way. Your expectations as a fan of what Alabama is and should be because of the success they've had is astronomical. It's so sky high that they're beating everybody like 70 to nothing, and that's what you're expecting. Nick Saban is the greatest coach of all time, and I believe he is. And when you don't see them have maybe that level of success, maybe like their defense, like this year, isn't playing up to your level, right, up to par of what your expectations is, then you think that, well, they're not that good this year. They're, they're just, they're, they're okay. They're good, but they're, 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 they're just very beatable. Um, and then you see LSU, which they're overperforming from what your expectations have been the past couple of years. You just think LSU is just unbeatable, <laughs> That offense just cannot be stopped. Um, and that's where I am, is that Alabama is still really, really good. 
you just don't think they're that good because defensively they're not up to the level maybe of what they've been in the past okay and you think that LSU is the greatest in the world because like I just said they're just over exceeding expectations look this is going to be a very very difficult game for LSU going into Tuscaloosa um I do believe two is going to play and I'm going to give you a stat um because I know people, you know, he's got the ankle injury, so they're like, well, you know, he, he's not going to be 100%. How effective he's going to be. Last year, he had that same ankle surgery um, on the high ankle sprain. And I know he had a little more time to prepare, but I'm just going to give you some stats from the Oklahoma game in the college football playoff. And he had probably had a couple more weeks to prepare for this one. But just an example. In that game, Tua went 24 of 27. He threw for 318, four touchdowns, zero picks. So I'm not really like thinking that this injury is just going to completely derail him he's not running like a Lamar Jackson Baltimore Raven offense where he's he's completely using his legs if you really watch him he's really just facilitating to these unbelievable receivers I mean he's got four guys that can be in a you know first rounders in the NFL draft um I don't I don't believe like his legs are gonna be a huge part of this one so you know I I'm not even really remotely worried about the injury. I mean, maybe he might re-aggravate it. That could be something to watch. But uh, that's, not, that's not something I'm worried about. But once again, my expectations. Right? So I'm going to put yourself in my shoes. My expectations is LSU isn't on the Bama level yet. I'm just being realistic. They need more time. They're not there yet as a program. Um, this is uh, Coach O's third year. Now he's recruiting at an extremely high level. I love what he's doing. He's got the ball rolling. He's got the coaches in place. This is amazing what he's done. He's done an amazing job. Now he's got a guy like Joe Brady in place, and now the offense is clicking. He's got one of the best defensive coordinators in the country, Dave Aranda. He's got that ball rolling, and he's a great recruiter, as we know. And so the recruits are, are filing in, and I do believe you're starting to see the end of the Nick Saban era just because they're losing so much coaches on, on an annual basis, and I don't care how good of a coach you are. You have to have a good staff around you. And they're losing coaches um, constantly. They're losing underclassmen constantly to the draft. Um, I don't know how much longer they can sustain it. And so that's why I do feel LSU's coming as a program. I just don't know if they're quite there yet um, as a whole to, to just go to Alabama and just, you know, dominate Alabama. Like, that's, I just I can't see that happening. But my expectations are LSU to go there, compete at a very high level. I want to see this offense play well. I don't want to see this nonsense I've seen for the past six to seven years where they just, you know, all this hype and it's, a, it's a, just a complete, completely lay an egg. I want to see them score points. I want to see them compete. I want to see them go in the fourth quarter and it's a tie game and it can go either way. All right, my expectations are LSU won't win this game. But I, I, I truly expect it to be a really good game. That's what I want to see. That way, if LSU loses a tight one, I'm not going to jump off a bridge and say fire the coach, blow up the program, and all this nonsense, which you know is going to happen. Let's say LSU loses this one. You know people are going to just completely panic, you know, fire the coordinator, fire this guy, fire the coach, get, you know, recruit better players LSU I don't believe is quite there yet now they might be I mean LSU could very well win the game but this is just my expectations is that I want them to go compete at a high level and it's a one score game late and and I'm gonna 
saying that I'm going to go into this. If LSU loses this game, one score late, and they competed the whole game and played great on the road, LSU, if they handle their business, which they will, I mean, they're going to be double-digit double digit favorites in the rest of their games of the year. LSU is in a phenomenal spot. They are going to get in the college football playoff. They really are. And this is where these championship games are going to hurt teams in this scenario. Like, let's say LSU wins this game or loses this game. Loses this game 38-31. Super tight game, but LSU played great. The media loved it. Um, LSU is going to play like Arkansas and Ole Miss, which aren't very good teams. They'll win easily. Now they'll play A&M at home late, but LSU should win that game double digits easily, in my opinion. LSU won't have to play in the SEC championship game. Alabama will. They'll have to play like a really, really good Georgia team. And let's say, you know, Bama wins, which they should win. They'll be, they'll be favorites in that one. Okay, well, great. Bama's in the playoff. But LSU, with the Oklahoma loss and other teams losing, LSU's going to be in the playoff, right? Because Georgia will have lost to Alabama, which will give them two losses. LSU will be sitting there with one loss. They will have gone to Texas, which they'll get credit for. And I think Texas will continue to win games, and they'll be in, like, the top 25. They'll get credit for, you know, wins against Auburn, wins against Florida, competing at a high level in Tuscaloosa. LSU's going to sneak into the playoff. They're in there. They're going to be one of the four teams. Now, they might have to play Bama again, which, hey, to be honest with you, flip the script on 2011 – I don't mind being a team coming with a revenge factor into that game in the playoff. Um, I know we're getting ahead of ourselves, but LSU's in a great spot. All they need to do, all they need to do is go to Tuscaloosa and compete at a high level. That's all I expect from them. I'm not expecting them to go and win by double digits, and if they don't, um, I'm just going to be completely frustrated. That's not my expectations. I want them to go compete because, like I said, let's just talk program-wise. Saban's getting up there. I think, you know, it's going to start to fade at Alabama. And LSU is coming on, man. They have a lot of momentum. I don't think it's going to be next year, but I'm telling you, two years from now, LSU is going to be one of those programs like Ohio State, like Bama, like Clemson, that it doesn't matter. Year in and year out, they're going to be there. It doesn't matter who they lose, what position. Every year it's going to be reload, and we're ready to roll. I, I truly think LSU's coming. I just don't know if they're quite there yet. Now, in this game, we've talked about some things. Like, we've talked about red zone issues um, that they've had in the past week. Um, and, and, and I've also brought up the past offensively where they've struggled. I trust in, not necessarily Joe Brady, but I trust in Joe Burrow, that he is just a step-up guy, a step-up quarterback, that he's not going to absolutely crap his pants in this situation. Um, because I, I love the guy. I think he's great. Um, I think he's probably the best quarterback coming out of this draft class, and I expect him to play well. This is a money game for Joe Burrow. All right? Everybody's going to be watching it, NFL scouts, the whole nation, media, and they want to see what he's going to do. And I do think he's going to show out. I really, really do. I, I just can't see a guy like Joe Burrow laying an egg right here. He, he's too much of a winner. He's too much of a leader. Um, I think he's going to show out, and I trust him in this situation. So, once again, big, big money game for Joe Burrow. Now, earlier this week, Michael Divinity um, left the team, kicked off the team. I don't know, something of that nature. But he's not playing. He's out for the year. Do I think it's a humongous blow? It, it, it's not good. Obviously, it doesn't help. But it's not like last year when you lost, like, Devin White or you lost, like, you know, I, I would put, you, put, in, put in the shoes. If you lost, like, Fulton or Stingley um, or Delpit, 
I, I don't think I think Divinity is a solid player, but he is replaceable. Um, they'll have guys that'll step up. <coughs> Marcel Brooks, um, Chasson will be able to step up, make some plays. Like I said, doesn't help, but I think the Tigers will be fine. It's not going to be an absolute Achilles heel um, to win in this game. So another big thing defensively that I've seen and you've seen the past couple of years is that Alabama's success offensively, to me, is all about their wide receiver core. That's why I'm not a huge Tua guy, because if you look at those receivers, um, Judy, Ruggs, Devontae Smith, Waddle, they're absolute superstars. They can fly. They can make plays. They're unbelievable. Maybe the best receiving core I've seen, like, in college football. And the big thing with them is that they turn, like, five-yard slants into you know, 70 yards to the house. So the big issue with LSU is making tackles. Don't don't let these, these little short slants, out routes, whatever it may be, turn into, you know, 40, 50-yard plays. If you could just make these tackles, you know, in space – I think you'll be fine. Eliminate the big plays. Let them work for it. I don't know how great their running game is this year. I'm sure it'll be effective. But you can't let them go, you know, for 50, 60 yards. It just can't happen. You got to make them earn it. You got to make them earn it in the red zone. You can't let them have chunk plays. And that's where they get a ton of their success from. Because, like I said, these wideouts are amazing. They really, really are. I mean, they're superstars. So, make the plays in space. Um, my prediction, like I said, I think LSU loses 38 to 31, but I think they go to Tuscaloosa and they compete really well. And I think it's something to be proud of, but once again, it's expectations. If your expectations for this game is LSU going there, dominating them, blowing them off out, you know, out of the water, then you might be upset. Bama's really, really good, man. And to it, like I said, I showed you the stats. Against Oklahoma with the high ankle sprain, same surgery. Now, he still had a really, really good game. So if you're expecting him just to be absolute dog hurl, that's probably not going to happen. He's going to be effective. They're not going to put him out there on a wheelchair. Like, he, he's going to be able to play. He's going he's gonna to be effective. And look, like I said, if LSU goes out there and competes, in my opinion, I obviously, like, I want to win the game. I've told somebody, well, my expectations of, you know, just going to compete. And somebody was upset about it, but like it doesn't matter what I think. I'm not a freaking coach or a player, so I don't, you know, that has no effect on the team. But just on a personal level, I want them to go compete. I think they will. I think they might come up short. But once again, like I said, they're gonna get in the college football playoff if they compete really well. So, bottom line is, whatever happens, don't jump off a bridge Saturday night. So let's go on the topic of the college football rankings. Now, we touched on this before um, when it was just strictly AP. Now, the college football playoff came out um, with their, their top 10 or their top 25, but really, really matters about the top 10. Um, and once again, this is the most annoying thing is that fan bases just get so upset about this. Um, and let me, let me tell you who should be concerned about these rankings. It's teams like Central Florida, um, like the Boise states of the world, because they're not in Power 5 conferences, right? And even to that level, um, crappy conferences like the Pac-12 and the ACC. So, like, if you're, I don't know, um, like Utah and Oregon who play in a bad conference like the Pac-12, maybe you should be concerned, like, where you are in those rankings. But ultimately, like, you're at, like, I see LSU because, like, obviously I live in Louisiana. People get so upset. Why are we number two and not number one And like, who cares? It doesn't matter. 
because this isn't the BCS anymore, or it's not like 50 years ago where like, hey, at the end of the season, if you're number one, you win the championship. Like, it's going to be played on the field. You know what I mean? So it doesn't matter like where you're ranked. If LSU's fourth, right? Like they lose to Bama and they're four, they're still in the playoff and they'll have a chance to prove it on the field. It doesn't matter if they're, you know, third, fourth, second, first. That that won't matter a lick. So stop worrying about it. Stop worrying if they're like, in my opinion, I don't think LSU's the best team in the country right now anyways. I think Ohio State probably is. They, they, they nailed it uh, on Tuesday night. Don't worry about the rankings. Like, don't read into it. As long as they're in that top four at the end of the year, it won't matter at all. It really won't. And like I said, there's only certain teams that should be worried about it. Um, another team like like a Baylor, right, who is undefeated. I mean, they've, they've played nobody. and They've barely squeaked by these nobody teams. They should be worried about, like, where are they? Like, so if they were, like, in the top six or something like that Tuesday, be like that would be very exciting for them. I think they were 12th. Don't buy into this. Don't buy into, you know, the hype of it. Look, you win your games. I've always said this. If LSU at the start of the year says, you're going to win every game three to nothing, well, then they're going to be in the playoff. It won't matter what they look like or where they're ranked. They're in the best conference in college football. If they win their games, they're in. So it doesn't matter. The games are played on the field, period. And another thing, you could even worry about it like with the NFL, right? So like the playoff seating. Well, with the playoff seating, you'll get like home field advantage. So I guess you could say if the playoff had that aspect of it where like if you were number one, you'd get a home field game, but you don't. Like, so it doesn't matter if you're number one, two, three, or four. Like we said, don't worry about it. Don't worry about these rankings. Just just worry about if you're you know, at four or if you're on the vicinity of four. And then as a Tiger fan, you'll be fine. Don't worry about it. Don't think that you know, the media is biased. I don't buy into any of that. Like, like these people in the playoff committee are, have a bias towards you know, certain things. They're just strictly putting up the best teams, and I think they nailed it. They really, really did. There's no issues with that ranking uh, system at all. I loved what they did. And like I said, at the end, you want to be in the four. Everything else, it does not matter. So let's not worry about these rankings. So let's do my top 10. And I'm going to do my top 10 kind of like the college football playoff committee where we're, we're really looking at resume and not necessarily projection. So let's start off at number 10. I have Florida. And number 10, I'd say 9 and 10 are a little tougher because I think there's eight really good teams in college football, maybe nine. But then it gets jumbled up after that. It's tough to find that 10th team. I'm going to go with Florida. You could have went like, you know, Baylor, Michigan. But I just think Florida athletically um, and just talent on the field it's just better than those teams. I would like them if you put a point spread. Uh, they're they're like Baylor. They'd be double digit point uh, favorites in that game. I think they beat Michigan. They beat them in the uh, Peach Bowl last year. They they beat them this year. So Florida at ten. I, I like them uh, defensively. Offensively, I don't think they're great. I like what Dan Mullen could do. He could scheme up things. Um, but I, I love their talent, and so I have them at ten. At nine, this is a sneaky team in my opinion. And this is always really a well coached team in Utah. Never really have great talent, but you know what to expect. They're really well coached, um, really good defensively. Offensively, they always have issues. They're not great just because I don't think they have the athletes and just where their location is. Utah just doesn't have players, and they don't have players around that area. But they get the most out of them. Um, and they're a sneaky team. And just watch out for the Pac-12 championship. If they can keep winning games with them in Oregon, that might mean something later on. So Utah at 9. And Oklahoma at 8. 
Um, the whole year, I, I like you, you like what you see from Oklahoma, but they didn't play anybody. Now they know they beat Texas, but you're starting to see like I don't know how good Texas is at this point. Um, I like Hertz. Hertz is good. He's not as good as Baker or Murray the past couple of years. I don't think he's going to win the Heisman. And they just dropped a game to Kansas State, which Kansas State's probably a pretty good team. But if you're if you're going to be a big dog, you can't lose a game like that especially when you know everything's on the line. You know that you can't lose a game. Your schedule's not that great. Your conference isn't that great. You can drop a game like that, and they did. Um, once again, you've heard all year that their defense is getting better, and maybe it is, um, but you allowed 45 points to Kansas State. I don't think Kansas State's a very explosive football team, and um, so they still have defensive issues. And this is something Oklahoma does every year. They always drop a game where they shouldn't, right? I don't know, because they get complacent, whatever. I love Lincoln Riley, but I don't know what goes on. And you could even go back maybe to the Bob Stoops area where they would drop a game they weren't supposed to, and they did here, and it's going to hurt them. They're, I don't think they make the playoff now unless really some crazy stuff happens. So Oklahoma at eight. Oregon at seven. Oregon is sneaky, man. Oregon's really, really good, and I like what they're doing. So Mario Cristobal got the head coaching job after Willie Taggart left. Mario Cristobal is a guy who played in Miami, coached at FIU, had success there. And then he went to Alabama, and he's really taking um, that Southern uh, football, the SEC footprint, to Oregon. They're really physical defensively. They have Herbert at quarterback, which helps I me. Mean, he, he's starting to look like he could play a little bit. I wasn't high on him, but I'm, I'm starting to really like Herbert a lot. I mean, obviously, he's going to be a top-10 pick. He's a stud at quarterback. Um, but like I said, defensively is really their key. They're, they're very physical defensively, which hasn't been their thing the past couple of years. And he's winning in the trenches, and he's doing those things. So I like what I'm seeing from Oregon. They're really, really making some steam. Um, they're winning games like they beat Washington a couple weeks ago, which is a really good win on the road. And once again, like I said before, that Utah game in the Pac-12 championship could be very, very interesting um, and could be something on the line if something happens like from these teams that I'm talking about uh, coming up. And then you got Georgia at six. Georgia started to play again. Now, once again, I don't love Georgia. I think there's a ceiling because offensively I don't think they're very good. I don't love Fromm. I don't think he's great. Um, they don't have playmakers on the outside. Now, I like DeAndre Swift at running back. I like their offensive line. But when it comes comes down to them throwing the football in a big, big game, I, I don't love them. Now, I know they made some plays a couple weekends ago against Florida. That's great. But I don't love them, and I don't love Fromm throwing the football. Now, defensively, yeah, I mean, they're amazing. They have playmakers. They got athletes. They got dudes. I love Kirby Smart. Now, I know I think he has to evolve offensively, and he probably will this offseason. Um, I, I think a big thing as well is that I think Jake Fromm has to come back for a senior year. And if he does, Georgia could be the team going into next year in the SEC. But as for this year, I'm, I'm not in love with Georgia like I have been the past couple of years. Um, I do think they'll win out, and I think they'll play Bama. And the thing with them when they play Bama in that SEC championship game, they're not intimidated like, like LSU has been in the past where the lights become too bright. There's something about it that they – they show up to those games. So you never know. They could very well sneak in because, like I said, they're not intimidated to Bama at all. I think they'll win out. Um, and you never know. Like, just keep an eye on them. Like I said, don't love them. But the, the whole factor of them playing Bama in that SC championship game um, or LSU, you know, if LSU wins, they're not intimidated of the bright lights. They could show up and, and sneak in. So I got Clemson at five. Clemson, and that's exactly where the playoff committee had them. Um, they haven't beaten anybody, and really was almost a loss to North Carolina, who isn't a very good football team. Their schedule is just terrible, and their conference is terrible. 
even when you look at their schedule going forward, I mean, you have to really, really try to pinpoint a game where you think they could even, you know, come within 20 points. Um, I mean, what is their toughest game? South Carolina, and South Carolina's not even a very good SEC team. I mean, they're a lower level. Um, maybe the ACC championship, but I could even pick out who's going to come out of that other side of the conference. Um, I know they play Wake Forest. Wake Forest is in the top 20, but Wake Forest isn't good. I mean, come on. You can't expect them to compete. Um, they're going to clearly go undefeated, and they're going to they're, they're get in the playoff easily. Like, that's not even a question. Um, now, if they slip up, yeah, they're, they're done for. They're not making it in the playoff. Um, but I don't think they will. They're going to hit stride, and I really, really like Clemson. Everybody's sleeping on them because why? It's something I said with Alabama. It's expectations. Your expectations of Clemson have become so sky high at this point that if they're not beating everybody 70 to nothing, then you're like, oh, well, they're just not that good. But that's because your expectations are, you know, sky high with them. They are a really good football team. I'm telling you, I've seen it over and over with them as a program. When it's time to go, when it's crunch time, when they get in that playoff, watch out. Dabo Sweeney is going to get them going. Just remember, Lawrence is still a quarterback, ATN at running back. They are loaded at receiver. Now, I know they might not be as great defensively, but they still have dudes that can make plays. All right, don't sleep on that. That is still a very, very, very good football team. Just watch out for Clemson. Now, I got Penn State at four, and I have them over Clemson just because what we talked about resume-wise, I think they've beaten better teams. I think they've beaten Michigan, Michigan State. Now, I don't think Michigan State's a great team, but it's a better like team than what Clemson's been playing, which is like dog hurl. And they've beaten some decent Big Ten teams. So I'll give them that. And they've looked good. And I love James Franklin. And that offense with Sean Clifford is looking pretty good. And they have playmakers. They have the ball rolling at Penn State. Now they play Ohio State in a couple weeks. Um, and I don't think they win that game. That, that, that's going to be in Columbus. I don't think they're as good as Ohio State. I think Ohio State's amazing, um, which we'll get into in a little bit. But what's interesting is these, these four teams are all going to play each other, these top four teams. And that makes it very exciting. But Penn State at four... Like I said, resume just a little bit better than Clemson. I do think a loss is coming up against Ohio State. Then you have Alabama at three. Just when we talk about Alabama, LSU, I like on paper, on their resume, what LSU has done just a little better than Alabama. I don't think Alabama's played anybody. I mean, if you look at that schedule, who have they played, really? Non-conference was terrible. Um, I guess you could say A&M would be like their, their toughest opponent. They've played nobody. They've played absolutely nobody because look at like – when you just look at the schedule um, from a holistic standpoint, you would say that LSU and Auburn would be the toughest games on that schedule, and they haven't played those teams yet. A&M hasn't lived up to the bill. Now they played them. They beat them on the road. But that's it. That's all they've played, which, in my opinion, could be a feather in LSU's cap. Like, hey, look, Bama hasn't played anybody yet, right? So they haven't been tested. Maybe they aren't as great. You know, I'm trying to be optimistic as an LSU fan. But that's why I would have them at three, LSU at two. We've talked, you know, at nauseum about LSU. Resume is great. Um, you know, the Texas win, you have to give a team like that credit for going on the road to Texas. Not a neutral site. You went to Austin and you beat them um, in a national spotlight game. Then you've beaten Florida. You've beaten Auburn. You've done what you had to do. And you have to give them credit for that. And then Ohio State at one. Resume-wise, you could, you could argue LSU is better. Um, they've beaten better teams. But... Man, Ohio State just has beaten the brakes off a team. They haven't just beaten teams. They have crushed them. Ohio State has taken it to another level. Ohio State's a prime example of a team that is great offensively, systematically. And whenever they put that quarterback, right, that guy, that quarterback who can really make plays, they're unstoppable. And the past couple of years, like, they've had JT Barrett, who I thought was really a system guy. 
Um, Dwayne Haskins, you're starting to see in the NFL. I don't love him. He's okay. He's not great. But when you put a guy like Justin Fields, who I believe is Deshaun Watson, he's Deshaun Watson. He's a freak of nature athlete, amazing quarterback, can do it all. So he's not like a just a, a one-thread guy. Like he can just run or he can just pass like Haskins. Um, this dude can do it all. He is a superstar. I know we talk about Lawrence, right, as far as the next guy. He's the next guy. He's Deshaun Watson 2.0, uh, absolute superstar, Justin Fields. And, like, J.K. Dobbins is, I would say, a poor man's Ezekiel Elliott at running back. He is a stud. They have playmakers everywhere. Like, Chase Young on defense is amazing. He's essentially, like, maybe better than, like, Khalil Mack would be. He is a stud. They have playmakers, that, you know, on the backside with Okuda and a couple other guys that could be first-rounders. They are loaded, man. Um like I said, when you watch a Big Ten game and they play Big Ten teams, like it's not even like remotely close athletically. Like they are so much better than the other teams. It's ridiculous. They're the best team in college football, and I could easily say that. And I don't even want to have an argument about LSU Alabama. Right now, that is the best team in college football. I've talked about it before. Nobody's really talking about it much because Ohio State just wins constantly, but the, people might have thought there was a slip off with Urban Meyer leaving, there has not been remotely close to a slip-off. That defense is playing better now that they've gotten Greg Schiano out. And just offensively with Fields, they are crushing it. Ryan Day is doing a great job. Nobody's talking about it. He's very, very quietly doing a great job. But Ohio State is the team to beat in college football, period. 